When you have developed a product and you can reliably give it to friends as a present, you may begin to be encouraged to go to market with that product. Most people don't take that step. A few brave souls do. Marcel's Old Fashioned Cocktail Mix is one of those products. It's on tip of the tongue. Welcome to Tip of the Tongue, a podcast on the Nitty Grits Network, where we explore the intersection of food and drink and museums. This is Liz Williams. We're here today with Joy Bruce and Ken Fauché, the makers of Marcel's Old Fashioned Cocktail Mix. Welcome to Tip of the Tongue. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. So I'm really interested in learning about this because I know it's a new business. So tell me how you decided to get started. I suppose we decided to turn it into a business, but we did not make the decision to get into old fashions. Marcel is the one who made that decision. Okay. Marcel is Marcel is is Ken's great-grandfather. So Marcel Fauché moved to New Orleans in the 30s. He moved here with his family during the Depression and raised his family in New Orleans, um, had so many different jobs in his life, many, multiple jobs at the same time, working class sort of guy. And so this is the family that Ken grows up in. Yeah. So lots of my family comes from both upriver and and down the bayou. A lot of French from from upriver and the Slanos heritage from down the bayou and they all kind of come together in what's now known as as Girt Town, you know, working class in, in, community. Louisiana and New Orleans. Yeah. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yes. All in this region. All yes. in all in this region. Yes, yes, ma'am. And you know, very working class community. Um, like Joyce said, came together, you know, raising families during more modest times uh, during the depression and had a number of jobs, you know, over, over that time, you know, I had family that was very much invested in the neighborhoods, ran, you know, corner grocery stores, did a number of things. Part of our, our culinary history was our Marcel Fauché at one point during the depression in order to, you know, support his family. He had a hot dog stand. I'm not sure if this predates lucky dog or not, but it was called the electrocuted weenie. And, and, oh and let's, no, it's, it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. And we love telling that story. Safe to say it didn't become a common well-known franchise, but it's part of our little culinary history in our family as well. So there was a lot of uh, creativity at that time. All of his census documents, when I've looked him up, say that, that he sold insurance. And I do think that he sold insurance this whole time while he was doing everything else. At one point, he was selling death insurance. And he was working for two different funeral homes in the city without them knowing about each other, selling death insurance for each. And then when they found out and they were furious, he was very matter of fact. And he was like, I have a family to feed. Like, I just, I was just doing it. Like, no, no big explanation. Just sorry, it's the depression. I have a family to feed. Right. So one of the jobs that he had at at some point was he worked for the Louisiana Department of Revenue. 
And his job was to go to all the bars and restaurants in New Orleans and check their liquor licenses. And of course, this is, you know, in, in the decades after we finally brought back alcohol, you know, we're, we're, the end we're of past prohibition. Everybody's really particular about these things. And so when he would go to these different bars and restaurants, he would also order his favorite drink. And his favorite drink was the old fashioned. And he was very particular about his old fashioned because he might have been a man of modest means, but he was not a man of modest taste. And so uh, he went to all these different bars and restaurants tasting their old fashions. So this is in the time where he knew Charlie of Charlie's Steakhouse. He knew Nick of Nick's um, big train Nick's, bar. Yeah. Lee, when he was in the quarter before he went out to the suburbs and started House of Lee, you know, it's that era in New Orleans. And so after tasting his way through New Orleans, he told Charlie that yours is is my favorite. Tell me how you make your old fashioned, basically. And so that 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 kind of served as as his inspiration for how he would he would prepare his over time. And he always had old fashioned mix on hand, his own simple that he had made was always there from what I understand talking to family members. It was- And did he have a written recipe that you were able to get your hands on or did you have to reverse engineer this? We reverse engineered it, but then it was very validating the holidays this year after we sort of launched this more formally, one of his father's cousins had written down what- he remembered Marcel making. He lived across the street from Marcel and he had remembered going over there. And it's so close. Uh, not to what we have now because it's more shelf stable, but but the flavor profile is mm-hmm. so close. Mm-hmm. So Marcel always had old fashions, always. It was what he had. He had it at home. He had his own mix. And so when, when Ken and I... Um, 15 years ago, when he went to take me to his family for the holidays for the first time, he made it very clear two things. One, the Fauchés always get together on Christmas Eve, and there are always old fashions. And, and so, I, so did you get to meet Marcel? So, yes. Yeah, so this is something, he did. I did this is something I remember from my earliest, some of my earliest memories, um, what Joy's talking about, especially some of the, the family holidays. So Marcel passed away when I was about eight eight, eight years old. And what did you um, call him? He was grandpa. Okay. He was grandpa. You know, I had, I had a papa. He was the grandpa. He was, he was the patriarch. Right. Okay. Um, and you know, like Joy says, he was very particular and was very particular about his old fashions. And so I remember from my earliest memories are, are congregating with the family, particularly say around Christmas Eve. And before it was like saying hello in our family, it was Merry Christmas. Can I make you an old fashioned? Obviously, they weren't making me at eight years old old fashioned. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, <laughs> right? You know, in New Orleans, we have a rich culture there, but but it was something that was very much imprinted on me at the time. And like I said, he passed away when I was when I was eight. But this is a tradition that we've kept up for for decades now. And and over time, I would say it, it became very ceremonial. Okay, so so we were gathering at, at different family members' houses, and we might use mass-produced syrup, you know, off the shelf, um, and, you know, some form of bourbon. And, and, I love that. Well, 
you know. We're several, by the time I came, we're several generations down, right? It's it's not even Marcel's children, his papa and Grammy, who would be hosting anymore. It's now his aunts and uncles who are hosting, right? And so the love of Marcel, the love of the tradition, the, tradition, the love of the family is very much intact. The, the love of the old fashioned as a cocktail is not necessarily the focal point. the focal point right the focal at point is point. the family tradition uh-huh. right uh-huh. um sure. and so it was a at this point a few years ago right yeah um, so after my grandmother died my family is mostly cajun and new orleans irish right we've got very very deep roots here we live in the irish channel now my family immigrated here in 1850 and so when my grandmother on the Cajun side passed a couple years later, as I was missing the things that she made around the holidays, I realized that my father's generation who was born in the thirties were, this was my time to figure out those recipes and to get those and to make those things myself. Because again, I didn't have them written down somewhere. She didn't necessarily have them written down somewhere, but somebody hopefully had it or remembered it. And so as I was doing that dive in my family recipe history around the holidays, Ken started talking about what if, what if I did that with the old fashioned, because that is his drink, his dad's drink. When we go out, when we go to bars and restaurants and other cities, that is what they order. That is Marcel's legacy. So they, they know and love great old fashions. And so his thought was, why aren't we doing the same thing at the family holiday? And so that's when he started working on, well, what would be the right combination? And like you said, the reverse engineering. And so what is your background that would allow you to do that other than just regular, I tasted it and I know what it tastes <laughs> We've had a lot of old fashions. <laughs> 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 Well, um, well, you know, a minor I, degree in whiskey drinks, right? Uh, no, I think there's there's a couple like you know key pieces in 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 our story that I think contribute to that. One is, in terms of professionally speaking, you know, I've I've been at the intersection of New Orleans New Orleans culture for a number of years. I've been in the music industry, working in bars, venues, things like that. But as my career has developed, I spent probably about five years working at a local distillery. Um, and it was there, you know, I created some wonderful relationships with, with distillers that, that really, you know, infused me with, with an appreciation and, and, and knowledge for the, the acumen and the science that goes into a great spirit, but also into producing a great cocktail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so understanding all of the elements from, from product design to production and the fulfillment and really my focal point was marketing and branding, right. bringing that to the table in a new context here in this experience has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, then- and, and I've worked in nonprofit now for about 15 years, but that was a career shift at the end of my twenties. My actual training was as a scientist, so specifically agriculture. So my undergrad and master's degrees are all in the sciences and just a lot of work in ag and, um, so same sort of approach to things. And I think once you're a scientist, you're always a scientist. I take a very methodical methodical approach to things. <laughs> and so uh, did you work, did you work, work with the local food lab at all? Or did mm-hmm. you do all of this in your kitchen? Oh, no, we did all of this in our kitchen. Okay. Uh, and other people's home. You know, it wasn't just the two of us and our palates. And so 
there were, I think, a few iterations of getting the flavors right. So once we had what tasted to our palates like a good old fashioned, then it was going to family and having their taste memory saying, how does this compare to what Marcel made, right? Was his sweeter or more bitter or whatever, right? And so then once we had something that they felt like very much reminded them, and of course it's been decades, right? And so, but but I know that when sometimes when you taste something and it tastes like what you had a long time ago, it sparks, right? And so then we kind of became known for being the ones with the old fashioned mix, certainly mm-hmm. very quickly as we had lots of mix to consume because we were working through this, my family, if we show up for a holiday and we didn't have old fashioned mix, they would send him home to get it. That has never had to happen, <laughs> but it, it certainly would happen now. But family, friends, you right. know, the circle, the, our, 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 you know, our circle kept getting wider right. and wider. Some people give out of- cookies at the holidays. We were giving out, you know, my grandmother's whiskey balls and an old fashioned mix in a Mason jar. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as more and more people were interested in it or would ask us, or, you know, even folks who would come in town for the holidays or for carnival, and they would ask to bring it back. That's when we started thinking, we really need to make something that's more shelf stable. And so the next iteration of flavor was, how do we keep that same flavor profile, but have it be a more concentrated syrup so that it is more shelf stable. And, you know, one of the beautiful things about a syrup is that you can, really fine tune the drink to your sensibilities when you're making it yourself. Mm -hmm. And when it is more concentrated like that, you're not going to dilute your drink as much if you are somebody who wants it on the sweeter side. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, I would say by the end of 2019, the holidays, 2019, moving into 2020, that is the same recipe that we've been making um, ever since. But a few things have happened since early 2020. 2020. Right. We all know. Yes. A couple of you. So where have you gone then now that you have your, your recipe down and you have your flavors and everything? You still have to go to a point where you've got somebody who's going to either make it for you or do any kind of testing so that you can know how long of a shelf life it has, all of those things. How did you, how did you get to that point? Not really working in a food lab. Well, I would say like right now where we are is Mm -hmm. uh, really taking that, those next steps to scale, you know, what we're, what we're able to do. Okay. Um, So I, you know, I do from my previous experience, I do have some contacts, you know, in that world Uh to be able to take this and, and, and not only formalize the product more in that sense, but really start to ramp up our ability to produce and, and meet demand. So we really, this is, this is from a product perspective, this is pretty new. Okay. So we launched, um, in, in December of last year, which was December, 2022. Yes. A few months ago. Right. Well, no, December, 2022. I'm sorry. 2022. (laughs) We haven't gotten to December, 2023 yet. From a, but it was definitely a, um, it didn't come out of nowhere in December. So I would say that that a lot of the other, a lot of the groundwork was being done over the course of the pandemic. So 
even some of the business type things, right? Making sure that, that those things were solid, the designs of things, getting social media handles and parking them, getting websites and parking them, right? We didn't just wake up in November and say, you know what, this should be a thing, right? That was being done over the course of the pandemic. And, and the bottle is a whole story in itself. And we don't have to do that quite yet. But so that in November, when the opportunity presented itself to really see what this could be in um, over this holiday season, we were ready, right? We were prepared. We had, we had done enough legwork that we could do something um, locally and, and all, all of the ingredients pun intended, were already there and ready to launch, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, in what was essentially a, a partnership with our neighborhood bar, which is, you know, a very New Orleans kind of um, legacy that we both have, right? Is, is neighborhoods and their neighborhood bars. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so how are you going about launching this? Well, we... Uh, our initial sort of soft launch at the end of last year came about when, so I had gone Pete's out in the cold. Pete's Irish channel is if someone hasn't been there before is just a gem of a new Orleans, you know, tiny corner bar. Um, it's one of the last buzzer bars still in the city. And so they, uh, are very generous. They, every other Thursday have a bingo night for a local cause. And so I had gone to go talk to them about the nonprofit that I run. And then as we were chatting, old fashions came up. I still have no idea how. And I saw that this was an opportunity. And so basically everybody I needed to talk to was there at the same time. <laughs> and we agreed, you know what, let's try this over the holidays and let's see what happens. Right. Which very quickly was a huge hit. And so we had a bit of a launch party there, just a chance for, you know, his family, all of the folks who had been taste testing over all the years, you know, to come and, and to and be the there too, and the right? community. Absolutely. And so we had a really fun launch party there. They have had a steady stream of first asking for Marcel's old fashions there. And so we basically demand as far as like us selling the bottles ourselves under cottage, you know, industry rules and them selling them in the bar was as fast as we could make it over the holidays. And so once we got through the holiday rush, we, we really spent January sort of pause and saying, okay, clearly people are as excited about this as we had hoped that they would be right. And so what do we need to do now to then take the next steps before it becomes something bigger than that. And so to, to your point as well, we also, you know, we have a, we launched our website, you know, over that time. Um, mm -hmm. So we're able to sell, you know, directly local orders and, and whatnot, just to be able to, to, to get, to, to get the word out a little bit more right now. Yeah. And so what are your, what are your plans? What are your dreams? What do you see in the future the immediate future, as well as maybe a, a farther future for Marcel's. Sure. I would say that, you know, it's interesting having a syrup or having a cocktail made from a mix. There's a very particular use for that, right? So I would never want a bar or a restaurant with an excellent bar program that already makes a really great old fashioned to switch to this, right? 
I wouldn't want the the home bartender who has their own that they make and that they love to switch to this. At the same time, there are certainly opportunities where, for instance, at Pete's, they they don't have a cocktail program. They're a very small neighborhood bar, one bartender having to take care of the whole bar. They're what we call a two ingredient bar, right? And you better have the name of both ingredients when you walk in, <laughs> right? I'd like a gin and soda, please. So those kinds of places I think are ideal where they can have a really solid cocktail at the scale that they would need for that sort of place. Music venues where it's loud and there's a lot of stuff going on, right? But somebody's listening to good music and also would like a good cocktail, but there's a lot of people, that's a great place. But then also for private folks, anything with a large quantity, right? If you're having a big party, if you're out on the parade route, if you're having a tailgate, it's a lot easier to just grab a bottle of spirits and a bottle of Marcel's and mix up a really great cocktail on the go, right? And so I think that there are a lot of opportunities out there for people to elevate what they're drinking from something like beer or straight spirits to be able to have a cocktail in a place where maybe they wouldn't have mixed a really nice cocktail, right? And so those are the conversations that we want to have. And then um, also figuring out all of the other uses where it's a, a pantry staple, right? And so we joked about him not getting old fashions when he was eight, but little next door loves Marcel's mix because he's been experimenting all the different kinds of drinks he can make non-alcoholic by mixing things with them. I have lots of sober adult friends and myself when I'm not drinking a lot who will mix it. It's really great with soda water. It tastes like an Italian sort of soda. My sister and I have been working on a warm beverage. So a, kind of like a toddy with or without alcohol. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's expanding the considered set of where right. a product like this can be used. And I think too, you know, when I think about great brands uh, from New Orleans, um, they really become, you know, a, a part of the considered set. They become a shorthand for something quality, something really good, um, you know, a way that's very, uh, that's accessible without having to sacrifice that quality. So I think that's really what we're looking to do. We want to become shorthand for a great old fashioned in whatever context you want to, to create it and, and really become a way that, that New Orleans first does old fashions and then beyond. Absolutely. It's, it's something to be able to go, go deeply into that part of cocktail culture. So I have a very important question yes, and that is how do you garnish your old fashioned? So that is, uh, do you want to start? Well, I will you... say that, that Marcel's Everything is in it, so you do not need to garnish it if you do not have a garnish, although I highly recommend a garnish. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, I mean, we love it with a Luxardo cherry uh, and perhaps some orange. A if slice you, of orange, if you, yeah. Uh, if, if, you know, if you so prefer, but that's, if, if I'm going fancy, I'll add orange and cherry. But honestly, um, you know, on, a, on, on the average day, I'm probably either just putting a cherry or often not. 
because all of the flavors, and I think part of what, what we're bringing to this, this product is that all of the flavors have been steeped into the syrup itself. Um, so it's not necessary to garnish. It's optional. It's as you wish. But there's something about the visual that says old Absolutely. 100%. Yes. And there's something really delicious about eating that orange slice at the end after yes. it's just been steeping yes. itself in there. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite things about it's like a it's like a Bloody Mary, right? Like the snack after you have had your drink. It's part of the ritual of all of right. it, right? It's, right? it's really lovely. <laughs> okay. Do you think that I know that this is really new, but in your wildest dreams, are there additional mixes that are kind of formulating in your head? Or are you Not just for... a one product, a one product company? I would say yes and no. I think that we are old fashions, right? We're we're not gonna make the the next whatever other kind of cocktail. But within the realm of old fashions, there, I mean, you could spend a lifetime exploring those flavors, right? That some of our favorite ones are, you know, you go get a fig old fashioned or you go, right? And so Yeah, I think I think there's an opportunity first uh to go deep in 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 this direction. I'm not going to say, you know, uh, from from my perspective, I haven't flirted with the idea of other of other types of syrups, but I think there is, you know, as we're establishing who we are and what we do, it's important not to over diversify what we're doing. We want we want to be really well known for this first and foremost um, before we start to venture out. So I think in terms of extensions of the brand of the product would be perhaps seasonal. Offerings that 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 make use of of perhaps different other ingredients that are old fashioned adjacent or or variations on that yeah a different uh, experimenting citrus, a different with like a sugar or something like that exactly yeah. or you know satsuma, satsuma or experiment with different sugar sources and things mm-hmm. like that um, because honestly what when I go out much like my great grandfather and I have old fashions different places to see the types of profiles that are out there that are used in different cocktails, I'd love to be able to bring that same accessibility into, into this context as well. Right. And something like a Satsuma isn't available year round. So it would have to be sort of a, a seasonal offering, which is great. You know, credit to my sister, when she made her hot toddy, that's what she was modeling was Satsumas in it. Um, and it was really delicious. So yeah, I think there's a lot to, to play around with within the world of old fashions. All right. One more question. And also, Mm -hmm. I think a very important one. Is it an old fashioned or is it an old fashioned? (laughs) I I say the D. Yeah, I say old fashioned. Um, That's how I grew up on it. And so I know there's probably certain, you know, truncations of it. And people say it, you know, depending on their dialect in different ways. How do you say it? I think I say I want an old fashioned, but... I would call your mix an old fashioned mix. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would probably use to say the drink itself. I would mm-hmm. say I want an old fashioned. No, I don't even know what I would say. Isn't it <laughs> funny how that works sometimes? Yeah. yeah I, it I'm just not... rolls off your tongue, right? <laughs> well, if you think about the, the, the traditional explanation of the name, which is, you know, I want it the old fashioned way. Yes. Uh, Then then you would use the D because you're saying Mm -hmm. it's old fashioned Mm -hmm. to do this. 
but mm-hmm. does the drink itself then become an old fashioned? And that's oh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I, I think like that. that that's um, that's what I've the way I've been thinking about about it. The drink is an old fashioned, but it's done the old fashioned way. That's I, who knows, you know. <laughs> I love it, but it's part of the lore. It's part of the fun, you know, all of the wonderful conversations that can be had about even this one particular branch of of, of cocktails. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, um, so I, yes, I want to ask you I, one more thing after I, but go ahead, ask your question. I was going to point out one thing that, that you're probably not aware of, but I think along those ideas of, of what is old fashioned, our, our bottle design and our branding, as you know, looks very sort of clean and modern, but it has an old fashioned source. And so the bottle that Marcel himself kept his mix in and used and brought to all of the family gatherings was itself something that if you looked at it, you would feel like is dated and a bit old fashioned, but we took inspiration from that. And Ken specifically with his background in marketing took a lot of inspiration from that in developing the branding. And so how do you take the ducks and the wildlife scene from that? How do you take the amber glass that was in the cork and then use that in a more fresh and modern way, but still reference that old fashioned little O, little F, right? Bottle that he had. Well, recontextualizing things right. like that and making them fresh and new, introducing them to, to new audiences and, you know, in a way that's that's appealing and, and accessible. Yeah. yeah. So we've tried to have that through line in everything. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think, you, you know, the bottle... I actually thought the bottle itself was very old fashioned. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Intentionally yeah. so. So tell me if anyone wants to get a bottle of your mix, how can they do that? Tell us what your website is. Give us all of that information. Sure. Uh, you can find us online at marcelsnola.com. You're able to order a bottle directly from us. If you're in the New Orleans area, you know, we offer local delivery. We'll come bring it to you. Um, at the same time, if you are in the Irish Channel, you can go to Pete's out in the cold over on Chippewa Street and ask for it by name and enjoy your favorite cocktail there in the Irish Channel at Pete's. So one of the things that we're working on right now is to bring this to a wider audience, both on premise, you know, and off. And so that's going to be a big part of our development plans for this year. Um, as we scale up our production, but online at marcelsnola.com and on all of the socials as well, Facebook, Instagram, um, at marcelsnola as well. Yeah. And if somebody gets it and uses it, please tag us. You know, we're pretty active on Instagram and have some patience with us right now while we're still small. But also if you want to, you know, know what's happening before anybody else, Instagram is a good place to sort of see that in stories and, um, you know, people will also just send us DMs and and we'll figure out how, you know, to arrange a pickup for something locally or, you know, until we're we're on shelves somewhere else. We've had pickup days at Pete's where we just go with a case of bottles and say, hey, we'll be there on this date, you know. Um, and so, yeah. And we're, head, we're heading into carnival season, right? So it's perfect on the parade route. You know, you don't have to sacrifice not having your favorite cocktail on the parade route. It really makes it easy to either batch a cocktail or, or make it out there on the route. So um, And mix it with soda water if you're hydrating or, <laughs> I'm serious, or you're the designated driver. It is delicious. 
Right. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Joy and Ken. This has been fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to Tip of the Tongue, part of the Nitty Grits Network of the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans. Learn more and subscribe to this and other podcasts at southernfood.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook on Nitty Grits Podcasts. I'm Liz Williams. Thanks for listening.